0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. You're in the Wonderland Ballroom on the worst possible time to do a show. For the listener at home, it is the Friday. What's today's date? Friday the what? Friday, October 6, 2017. We are in our nation's capital. And as of right now, the Washington Nationals are playing the Chicago Cubs in the first game of the NL DS, and that's a bad thing because we're in Washington DC, and I'm wearing a Cubs gear. So uh, this is going to be a very fun show. It's going to be a short show, and it's going to be mostly about how the Nats not deserve not to win a World Series. <laughs> in a room where no one really cares about that. So here we go. Uh, I'm a big Andre Dawson guy. Andre Dawson was my favorite player growing up. Uh, Andre Dawson was the MVP for a last place team in 1987. That's incredibly difficult to do. Andre Dawson's nickname was the Hawk just because. Andre Dawson blew his knees out in Montreal and therefore wanted to play in Chicago because they had grass. That's not a drug reference. That's just what it is. Andre Dawson won a World Series trophy with the Florida Marlins in 2003 no one was particularly happy about that except for maybe 500,000 people in miami that being said andre dawson deserved a world series i was a dumb kid though and like most other kids once you got out of your hometown bubble you went to other cities so i was a big fan of kirby puckett when i was a big fan of kirby puckett kirby puckett played for the Minnesota Twins, and he won World Series in 1987 and 1991. I was a big fan of Kirby Puckett because he went to Triton College, which is a community college in Chicago, Illinois. Kirby Puckett went back to school, and because he went back to school, like my mom did, he succeeded. She became a teacher, and he became a World Series champion. Unlike my mother, uh, Kirby Puckett lost eyesight in one eye and became a rapist. So that's the difference. I became fans to a pirate rapist, and that's not good. This is no different than my, my relation to Jake the Snake Roberts, my first favorite wrestler, to The Ultimate Warrior. When I was a young man, the same time I liked Andre Dawson, I loved Jake the Snake Roberts because he brought a snake to the ring, which seems very animal cruelty, but, you know, different times, different eras. Fun fact, Jake the Snake Roberts is Donald Trump's favorite wrestler. Here's the fun fact of that. In WrestleMania four and or five, I I don't remember. It's one of them. Read the book. Anyways, uh, he was at Trump Plaza... And he was upset that the people in the front row were not paying attention. Some of those people in the front row included Ivana Trump. Is that the daughter of the wife? Ivana or Ivanka? Whatever one he wanted to fuck in 87 or whatever that was, that was the one in the front row. It was Whatever. And uh, she was in the front row not paying attention, and Jake the Snake did not like that. So he used his snake, Damien, to swing it around and hit the people in the front row, including Donald Trump's then soon-to-be ex-wife, Ivanka or Ivana, And then, she tried to get her bodyguards to murder Jake the Snake Roberts. That didn't happen, and instead, a few years later, Donald Trump said, you're my favorite wrestler. Anyways, uh, I like the Ultimate Warrior after Jake the Snake Roberts the same way I like Kirby Puckett after Andre Dawson. Why? Here's why, Uh, Ultimate Warrior said cool things like, hey, Hulk Hogan, crashed the plane into the World Trade Center, that actually happened. I also like The Ultimate Warrior because he was a big fan of steroids and cocaine, and that's why his heart exploded not too long ago. And the moral of the story is if your heart explodes after saying racist and homophobic things, you get honored by the WWE every October because they are sponsored by the Susan G. Komen Foundation, a way to take your money and pretend that they give a shit about breast cancer. So the point is baseball's important. Now, I am incredibly grateful that I do not own an Ultimate Warrior t-shirt. I am incredibly grateful that I do own an Andre Dawson pennant. I am incredibly regretful that I am currently wearing a Jake Arrieta jersey. The reason being is you should never buy jerseys while athletes are alive. Because, well, they might have great ERAs and they might win Cy Youngs and they might pitch in the World Series, you'll find out that your political views don't necessarily align. Jake Arrieta's political views do not align with mine. But I bought the jersey, it's a bootleg jersey, which makes it even better. But I still have to wear it. Anyways, the point of the story is this. Andre Dawson has a World Series championship. He was an MVP on a last place team. If anything symbolizes this show and me, it's an MVP on a last place team. We're going to have a fantastic night. We're going to have an intimate night. And that's why I'm incredibly grateful that Allison Lane is up here. Allison, Allison, please come to the stage and don't just yell. I mean, I want you to yell on the stage into a microphone, unlike most every other show. Uh, I would also like to thank Allison for walking to the stage as slowly as possible on a night when I need her up here as quickly as possible, but you know, you get what you give, and uh, I get that, I understand, you could sit here, I'll sit here, and we're going to talk about our days and our hopes and our dreams and our fears. Allison, you're currently in therapy, how's that going? It's
1: going great. First of all, you know what that, uh, that shady ass introduction, you just lost yourself a tag on Instagram, Okay. Because that's what I was doing
0: for the listener. It's fucking home, hard to
1: do that. I have
0: an Andre Dawson starting lineup figure that I found while moving this Who week. Who
1: the fuck is that?
0: Andre Dawson was the premise of my monologue. I know
1: that, but like I understood that you were saying words about people, but all I understood was Kirby Puckett and nothing
0: else. Kirby Puckett was an amazing fielder. He was. A <laughs> he short... died, right? He is dead. He's hella dead. He's hella dead. Um, his reti- dead as fuck. So he had to retire because he got glaucoma in one eye, and then soon after lost that eye.
1: Didn't he get hit in the face with baseballs?
0: No. Andre Dawson did, and it was on the cover of the sport, Sports Illustrated. Okay, Frustrated. who
1: was the guy who kept getting hit in the face with, with baseballs?
0: No, that's not a thing.
1: It happened.
0: It did. It, I mean, multiple. <laughs> mul- there wasn't, that wasn't one guy's thing. It's not it was like, like,
1: hey, I'm all baseball face. No, no.
0: <laughs> there, there wasn't. I mean, that might be a movie, The Warriors, but no, that's not how baseball works. This is our national pastime. He's like I'm just
1: catching them with my face. You're, you're honestly you're confusing
0: Ty Cobb, uh, stabbing people with his cleats while sliding into second. He was a big racist.
1: Oh, great. He was the only one. The only racist in America ever. And the Jake, first and last. And
0: Jake Arrieta, go Cubs, go. Okay. Oh. It's a fun time. How is so? You're going to therapy. I am. It makes me so happy. I'm it's not being great. sarcastic. great. That's right. It is fucking great. Let's talk about. It's tragedy. all the luxury, huh? So I was listening to NPR a lot this week. Uh, thanks. Uh, side note: Thanks to Max Cole, and he let me use his car all week. But there was something wrong with the car where NPR wouldn't turn off, and you couldn't change the radio station. Wow! Even when the car was off, he had to like reboot his car. Anyways,
1: you reboot his car? Did you? A, did you have to open the hood and blow in it like a Super NES like controller? Like he
0: had to <laughs> he had to open the hood of the car, take out the spark plug, and put it back in because there's a flaw in the car that he owns. I'm not joking. Oh. So I listened to NPR all week. One of them was a survivor from the Las Vegas shooting.
1: What the fuck?
0: And his thing. And the, his main problem was he thinks he now needs to go see a therapist. Uh, yeah. And I thought. That's the problem? He probably. Don't. He said he was blessed that he only got shot in the arm and his girlfriend only got grazed on the face with a bullet. That's real. This is real. And he said the biggest problem is now he's got to see a therapist because he didn't think he'd ever have to see a therapist. Are these
1: white people? They are
0: white people. Yeah. It was a country music festival. <laughs> And I just I just think that the, one of the things that I like to talk about on the show is therapy. And I'm not being sarcastic okay. in any way. I, I used to go to a therapist. I want to go again. I think everyone should see a therapist. And I think everyone needs to support Andre Dawson, who's currently in the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame.
1: Is this the same guy we were talking about before? Yeah,
0: this is a starting lineup figure.
1: He's dead. No, he's alive. Okay. Kirby's dead. Kirby Puckett's dead. I did dead. not bring my Kirby Puckett All black Puckett people look him. alike. I just, I can't keep them together. I
0: want to make it kinda... very clear that Allison said that and not <laughs> me. <laughs> So, uh, on the, you walked here this I evening did. and something happened on the way here.
1: I did. So, I'm doing this thing what is called walking in the city instead of taking lifts or public transportation, which we know sucks every dick in the city.
0: So, number one, I don't agree with you. Because, and number two, why is sucking every dick in the city wrong? Why are you sex shaming? It's a
1: bunch of strange dicks.
0: But if it's consensual, what's the problem? I mean,
1: all these walking dicks, like, they probably smell weird. There's, like, dick cheese. and stuff. As stitches. opposed to all the dicks that smell nice? Uh,
2: I mean, there,
1: there's a better way to go about it. So, different strokes okay, for different Different strokes, folks. obviously. Obviously, different strokes, different folks. If you want to suck every dick in the city, be my guest. However, I chose to walk here today. I went to spin class. I was fucking feeling myself. I was like, okay, girl, you can make it a couple blocks with these heels on. Um, so you're going to walk. I went and got myself like a, like a iced tea because I needed some caffeine and I was feeling myself and then these fucking girls are behind me and I'm walking here and she's like, guys, I just joined this Facebook group. It's super exclusive. It's called Puppies Only. Okay, it's called Puppies Only. It's very exclusive. I swear to God, you post a fucking cow in this group, you're, you're out. There's no more. There's no more of this. And like she's like showing her friends, and she's like, listen, do you see that trot? Like That's a very serious trot, a very exclusive trot. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And I listened. I listened for a block, and I was like, okay, so either I can hop up and get a cab and pretend like my feet hurt, or I can keep listening to this bitch talk about these exclusive ass like puppies, and they're puppy trotting. And then she said something, she was like, oh my God, I was totally triggered because there was a cat in this video. I'm like, bitch, are you serious? Why are bitch, you... are you serious?
0: I'm going to change the name of the show to Bitch, Are You Serious? <laughs> Why didn't you have headphones in?
1: I, I don't know. Okay, well, I do know. So my headphones are a little fucked up right now. I've been hearing a lot of shit I didn't want to hear. Actually, yesterday, a man told me, he was like, Hey! Girl! Girl! I'm going to eat your whole ass and then suck your life out your ass! And I was like, okay. I should probably buy new headphones. Now,
0: (laughs) is that a compliment or an insult?
1: Honestly, I have no idea. There's a lot of things I've been told. Actually, some man said I was looking like a really hot tennis ball today. Um... That was new.
0: Hold on. You said he's got a very hot tennis ball? I'm a
1: very hot tennis ball. Actually, if you want to describe my look today, it's apparently a hot, sexy tennis ball.
0: That's not... You a tennis ball, girl! Okay. (laughs) The fact that no one knows how to respond to that makes me think that's a very interesting thing to say. To anyone.
1: Yeah, it definitely grabs attention. You're a hot tennis ball. You're a hot tennis ball, girl!
0: You're a cold tennis ball. Mm. You're a lukewarm
1: tennis <laughs> ball. <laughs> the temperature of tennis balls. What is do you really think
0: funny. of the artist Lord, who's got a song, Tennis Courts?
1: Oh my, does she really? She does. What the fuck?
0: That's a great way to bring up our first guest. He's a reporter <laughs> for the Washington Post, but the reason why he's on the show tonight is because he wrote a book that is not at all relevant. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for LaRess Lowry, everybody. West, come to the stage. <laughs> Wes, I like your shoes because they're very similar to my shoes.
3: Well, that's why I wore them.
0: Thank you. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, his book is incredibly relevant and really depressing. Is that fair to say, Wes?
3: I, I think like so. America. Say more nice things. Keep going.
0: Here we go. The name of your book is They Can't Kill Us All, Ferguson, Baltimore, in a New Era in America's Racial Justice Movement.
3: Wait, and where can they buy it? Keep going. Go. The, the Internet. <laughs> here, here, here's my question.
0: Here's my first and maybe most important question. Wes, why did you release a book that's a dare to people?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because in my Twitter mentions every once in a while, and any time that my, um, it, you know, if I get a new review or someone's talking about it, my mentions get full of people, usually old black people going, but they're trying. No, they're going to do it. They're going to kill us all. They're doing it right now. And I'm like, no, 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 guys, that's not the point. Like, that's not, <laughs> but yes,
1: no, I, I, I agree. It, it, I'm sorry. You, the... I know that you wrote the book. This book is very serious. You said you can't kill us all. I honestly, I yell that every time I run in traffic. <laughs> they can't kill us all.
3: Yes, but Allison, but... But... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. When you're running and then through... they yell back. They're like, you're a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: are you running through? Are you running through traffic alone or with large groups of people?
1: Large groups of people. I do it every time, and nobody thinks it's funny but me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you think it's funny. Uh, Wes, second question, and if you hate me, I completely understand, but I've wanted to ask this question to your face for months since I've read your book. Uh-oh. Black
3: lives matter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've heard all lives matter is what I've been told. <laughs> Speaking uh, of which... It's what I've been told many, many times in my inbox, <laughs> <much more> in <mentioned. laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> my Twitter mentions.
0: My mail. Have you ever watched an episode of the hit show, The Simpsons?
3: Uh, one or two Okay. Once in a while.
0: Do, you, do you know who Leon Holtz is? I think it's his name is Leon Holtz, the lawyer. Is that yes. his name, yeah, Leon yeah, yeah, yeah. Holtz? Do you remember when the Simpsons get Leon to represent them? Vaguely. Lionel Hutz. Thank you, Lionel Hutz. I got, came kind of close with Leon Holtz. <laughs> Lionel, Hutz. Lionel Hutz. Lionel Hutz. Okay. Um... I think March says, but your ad says no money down. He says, there's a misprint. It's no, money down. Now, <laughs>
3: do you punctuation think... Punctuation is very important. Do you think that's
0: what's happening to a lot of people on the right where they think that black lives, comma, matter? Question mark is the actual <laughs> oh statement. So maybe it's just a punctuation issue.
3: So you're saying people on the right can't read. Is that what you're saying? Yes, point? exactly. <laughs> it's a question. I, I know I, can, I can, I you that you're a journalist. You can't answer that. But... I th- there may be some punctuation issues here. I- I'm open to that theory. The fact that you haven't
0: walked off stage yet makes this show a success. <laughs> Here's one of the things I thought about when I was reading your book. This book came out, I think it's November 15th?
3: November 15th.
0: Do you remember what happened November 8th? I try not to. This hap- You shouldn't say anything. You're apolitical, remember? This happened a week after the election, so your book was clearly written and done months, if not weeks, whatever. Yes. It was before the book doesn't have a tone of everything's going to go to hell and get worse. Your book has a tone of this is probably going to stay the same based on what's going to happen. Now, when you were writing this, did you think about the presidential election?
3: A little bit. So I wrote the last word of the afterword I filed from my hotel room at the, RNC, at the RNC. At the RNC. I Cleveland. was there. Right. I was. I was finishing the very end of the of the book at the RNC in Cleveland as Trump accepted the nomination, and the and so I had grappled a little bit with the idea of what would happen in a world in which he won. I had, was open to that idea. However, frankly, my worldview on these issues is a little fatalistic, in general. Um, and, and so even in a world in which he had not won, I was not, you know, the book I don't think is hyper-optimistic about what exactly was happening.
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah. But it wasn't as fatalistic as maybe it should have been, considering our current
3: situation. A- as maybe as it might have been if I were writing it today. It, it, well, but, but, but one thing I will say, though, it was interesting. When we wrote this book, we were, we were very much expecting the election to go a different way. We were expecting... Um, that a lot of the media and the conversations we would have about the book would be this, like, let's look back at the first black president. And we were very worried that that would get lost in the, n- the excitement about the first woman president. What ended up happening... Silly. You're silly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who, uh, n- never never uh, count out misogyny and patriarchy, right? Like, we underestimated patriarchy. However, the, instead, what ended up happening was there was a whole bunch of lefty protest in the weeks after I wrote a book about lefty protest. And so there was a different, the relevance wasn't exactly what I expected it to be, but there was, people wanted to know, there were thousands of people in the street, in Portland and in Chicago and these other places, and the people wanted to understand what this was about, and I just spent a year and a half writing about racism and protest.
0: I'm glad that you only wrote about something that was a hot topic for a moment and not something that's plagued a nation forever. So, a fleeting <laughs> issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, uh, it's like uh, I, I can't think of anything that's not offensive. Okay, so, um, <laughs> one of the things in your book that's incredibly depressing and incredibly realistic is you're visiting your friends back where you grew up, and one of the parents says, like, be careful or don't get into trouble or something like that. You're a, at the time, you're a, 20-something reporter for a major newspaper, yet they have to tell you, don't get into trouble. I don't think a lot of people that look like me, a winner wearing a Cubs jersey, has to worry about, hey, from mom and dad, I'm an adult with a job, don't get into trouble. Do you see that changing before you die? Fun question.
3: That's a really interesting question. Because that scene that you just talked about, I'm, I'm back home in Cleveland. I'm at the home of one of my best friends from growing up, and his mother has the same conversation she'd had with us every day when I was hang- when I was a you when, know, in high school. when I was a high school kid, right? You know, when we were kids and we hung out in this living room and smoked weed in his car and then went out to try to meet girls unsuccessfully, right? And then, and here we are as adults in the same spot. No, 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 not the same spot. You work for the Washington Post, not the same spot. Sure, but I'm on the same couch. Exactly. Right? You know, like, and we're about to go to the same bad Cleveland hookah bar because that's all there is of the burbs of Cleveland, right? And so the, it's interesting, I never thought about that that way. I do, frankly, because I'm pretty cynical and fatalistic, I do think that's a conversation that theoretical Wesley Jr. and I are having, right? I do think that, that it's, it seems very difficult to imagine a world in which 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you're not, we're not having to talk to a young man of color about the reality that people might profile or think about him um, in a way that's different than a young white man, no matter what their intentions or what they're doing. And so, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have that confidence that that's gonna change.
0: So the answer is no.
3: Yeah, yeah, no.
0: Fun times. Your book
3: screams, Your book screams
0: for a sequel because what you did in the book, I think, Listen, you didn't tell me anything I didn't know, but I'm woke, is what I'm saying, everybody. <laughs> it's a joke. It was a joke. But I do think your book is, a, is the type of document that needs to be read, but I really would love for you to take a lens to it now. Do you think you could emotionally handle that?
3: Writing a sequel? Yeah. I think I could probably emotionally handle it. I don't know that I want to do it. Why? It's so are fun. Different th- and those are different th- <laughs> sure, sure. Th- sure. You know, like those are different things. You know, I think that um, yeah, by the nature of the job that I do, both in the book and my day, my day job as a national correspondent for The Post, writing often about police violence and violence in general, things like Las Vegas and else, you know, that is traumatic and difficult. There certainly is emotional toll there. However, it, you know, I, I, won't, I wrote one protest book. I don't know that I want to write another one. I don't know that I want my next book, whatever that next book is, in a theoretical world where I'm half done with a book proposal already. I don't know that that book proposal is for another protest book, Um, in part because I I feel like it's important to be able to tell different types of stories in different spaces and to have someone else write the next book on this thing.
0: Yes, but you do have some expertise and some connections that other people don't. You also have a, a title that other people don't. That's very true. And you could lean on a major publisher that other people don't. Of
3: course.
0: And while it might not be fun, was, we, yeah, that's a really good question. I'm really great at this. Was <laughs> this fun to write? Because I'm telling you, no, it's not the funnest read.
3: It's, it's, not at all, it's not an uplifting, you know, easy right before no. bed. You know. the,
0: I mean, that's, to be fair, if you're on the other side of the aisle, it is. <laughs> So silver lining to a lot of other people, three million less than the other voters, this is a feel-good book of the century, right? You gotta look on the bright side. How about we put a different cover on it, we put an American flag and a gun, and then it's just a positive
3: book. And the title is What About Black-on-Black Crime by Wesley Lover. No, no, you just change it to You Can Kill Us All. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. We, we've killed them all, right? You We're killing them, them all. all right.
0: Present all right. tense. You're a writer. Come on. <laughs> I think Allison's about to leave the stage. I wouldn't blame her.
1: There's a lot of vodka here.
0: Um, <laughs> give, give me some. Hold on. <laughs> Are your parents incredibly proud
3: of you or are they incredibly worried about you? Maybe not after this interview, but beforehand, <laughs> they were very, very proud. <laughs> um, <laughs> both. My mother is horrified. Um, I've had to actually actively block her on some social media networks so that she would not, not because she, I worry, you know, like I don't post anything I wouldn't want her to see, but that she will so worry herself by where I am or what's going on. Well, you were
0: in, fer- you were in Ferguson during the riots, yeah, and when I say riots, I, I don't feel like I should say riots because like, it wasn't a riot, it was just called a riot. Is that fair
3: to say? Yes or no. I mean, look, I don't, I don't shy away from the word riot. You know, whether it be in Ferguson, whether it be in Baltimore, at times in Milwaukee and Charlotte, I've been in a lot of these cities, right? Stop
0: bragging, you got a lot and of at, miles, at, I get at it.
3: Times, and at times, I think it would be fair to describe that. Now, 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 would I close, would I foreclose the conversation on that? Well, it was a riot and that's all we need to talk about. No, I wouldn't do that, right? But, but I do think I'm, I'm fine using accurate language. At times, there were,
1: there were riots. I scene. think it's unfair because especially with this, this black connotation, riot has this very negative overtone. Some really shitty things happen. It's just like being mm-hmm. the angry black woman. Of course. I have a right to be angry. Calm down, Allison. Well, you are. Right. Shitty but sometimes you are angry. And I can. like I can own that emotion. I can own that feeling. I can own that action. Well, and so, yeah, and, and, so and so it's that's not necessarily like a, a, an overarching negative thing. So I... I agree with you. Like I said, I'm not mad at you for being angry, right? Like you yeah. can be angry. Be Thank angry. You. I try my best. I wish oh, you man. would
0: calm down, Allison. It'd be. A,
1: <laughs> You're why, scaring me. Why is, is
0: she so angry? Oh, yeah. you'd
1: You're be hurting more, my Caucasian feelings. You'd be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the original name of the show, Caucasian Feelings. Um.
3: <laughs> to trademark that. No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't next trade. the next tattoo,
0: actually. Sometimes jokes become horrible realities. <laughs> you need to kill it before it starts. Um, did you have fun covering the conventions?
3: Because at the time, no. What's the answer? What? No, it was terrible. Why? Because it wasn't fun. I mean, like, granted, I covered the conventions as like the protest guy. So it's like, if the Bernie Bros burn down the DNC, like Wes will be there. But like the Bernie, There was like seven of them, and they were just like marching in a circle. Um, I, I, it, no, there was no, like at the RNC, it was like one flag burner guy, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, so literally, was like, there out. was
0: one, and there was like 20 bike cops like, just fucking light the thing on fire so we could arrest you. Just yeah, get this over with. I was the with.
3: most bored I have ever been so the reason I So
0: the reason I ask is because that's when you wrote The Afterword. We both thought another thing was going to happen, and that was the thing that convinced me the reality of which we currently live was not going to happen. Therefore, I had a great time.
3: Oh, so you were just living it up, and, and so where were you going? What, how were you? Describe this great time to me. What were you doing?
0: I saw the same things as you saw, and I was like, based on this, there's no chance
3: <laughs> what happened was
0: going to happen.
3: And so you're laughing at like Rudy Giuliani, yes. like chanting yes. Scalia's name. Exactly. All, all right. I mean, I guess that's a you know. I
0: was wrong. <laughs> but the positive thing is, it doesn't matter as much for me, anyways. What, don't say, oh my God, that's the reality of which we live. And you can say whatever you want to say, and I apologize instantly for pointing you out. You're a wonderful person. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. We're all good. We're all fun. We're all having a good time. Except you people. You people are fucked. You
1: Anyways, people! I chose.
0: Are you, why are you so
3: angry?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Um, how it, long... Patty LaBelle.
0: How close do you are to a to burnout levels, because every reporter I know has got a burnout level, and and because of what you cover, I feel like it's maybe closer than others.
3: Honestly, this week has been particularly rough, because I've been doing a lot of the Las Vegas stuff, and so I've had a few very long days and long nights, and so I'm pretty burnt out in this exact moment. Um, Had it not been for that gin and tonic at the bar, I would be sleeping right now. Um, Thank you, alcohol. You know, shouts out to uh, Bombay Sapphire. No
0: plugs, no plugs.
3: He said, he said gin.
0: No free (laughs) plugs. You buy an ad, Bombay Sapphire. (laughs) Fuck you. Also, you should drunk drive and kill people. So there you go. No free ads. I'll cut. Maybe I don't cut that. Maybe I put that at the top of the show. Anyways,
3: why is he so angry? I don't know what you don't.
1: Caucasian feelings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um <laughs> Did you learn anything from Las Vegas or was it just a whole lot of sadness? Primarily a whole lot of sadness. When is the last time you covered something and learned something?
3: That's a that's a hard question. I mean, I like to believe I learn a little bit of something on all these stories if if at the very least because I'm talking to different people, I'm telling their stories that are you know, I'm learning about a different set of victims or a different set of families. Um, but it is... The fun stuff. You know, like, yeah, all, only uplifting, right? You know, like, everything I write about involves a dead person, no matter what, mm. no, no matter, I mean, there are different buckets of dead people, the people the cops have killed, people a terrorist has killed, people uh, a different color terrorist has killed, you know, just, you know. The really people, quick, who's killed more? Ooh, like, Of all time? Or no, like no, no. In in recent, no, in what you've covered. My <laughs> personal tally. In your personal tally. I actually need to run those numbers, I don't know.
1: I have a question. So we just mentioned you, you're a very woke white man and that's super dope for you. I was Kane.
0: Uh, I was Kane <laughs> and I so, wanted people to LOL.
1: So the, the whole wokeness concept, my great grandmother used to say that. She was like, don't, don't wake him baby, let him sleep. She'd always say shit like that. And I feel like as a journalist of color, how do you like, reconcile, Like you already knew this shit, you're just putting it in a book and you've researched it, how do you feel like you're actually helping people, and like, you know. Let me you know, take this as the white
0: man on the stage.
1: <laughs> Damn it! <Sorry. laughs> how, how, how do you not get discouraged? Because it's so
3: funny to watch my colleagues, right? When I, was, when I was writing about Ferguson and Baltimore, and I'm not talking just about like my Washington Post colleagues, but people across journalism who were like, look at that reporter, he only cares about race, he thinks everything's about race, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And all of a sudden they're like, look how crazy racist the White House is! And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. Oh, now you guys understand that racism exists, right? It's you're like, like the sky is blue. They get, no, exactly, it's like, can you believe that these white supremacists are in the White House? Like, yes. random, like, white New York Times reporter says? And I'm like, yes I can, yes I can believe <laughs> Here's my screenshot of that bitchy email you sent me seven years ago. You know, like, yeah, I got some receipts. So what you're saying is you're not a fan of David Brooks from the New York Times. Wesley Lowry declines to comment on David Brooks.
1: Mm. Did we just say David Dukes? Oh, him too.
0: <laughs> how dare you insult... I can't even go that far.
1: No, I can't. How
0: dare you insult David Duke?
1: Oh, honey, boo-boo. <laughs> that was the original name
0: of the show, is how dare you insult David Duke. Um, you clearly do good work. You clearly do disheartening work, and I'm going to... Go back to what else and I were talking about. Do you see a therapist?
3: Yes. Good, uh, do you currently see a therapist? Not as often as I need to. I'm actually in between therapist setups. and. and I totally get that. Yeah, is yeah. it
0: an insurance issue or is it a scheduling issue? It's, schedu- it's more yeah. of a scheduling issue. Yeah. Um,
3: but, but, I, but I do, I mean, in all seriousness, I do think it's really important. I mean, for literally everyone, I think every human being should go to a therapist. Thank I, you. I genuinely believe that. Um, but especially if you're working and writing and talking about things that are traumatic, there's no way to not take that from your job back into your life, into your home, into your relationships, and I think it's really important. Yeah, you're
1: totally going to internalize all that.
3: Oh, constantly, right? Like, you know, yeah. it, it's impossible not to internalize that and and have that manifest itself. And so, no, I'm like a huge. I, I genuinely believe every human should be at a ther- going to a therapist like every. Does day. this
1: keep you from being drunk constantly and shooting meth?
3: Does going to a therapist keep me from being drunk constantly yes. and shooting meth, or does?
1: Um, because I mean I
3: don't understand how. So so, so I'm, I got to think and about I've been needles. At that
1: same puppy fucking group that bitch been looking at. I don't. I yeah, don't. you could. S- <laughs> Thanks,
3: audience. You could smoke the meth. Okay. <laughs> well, I hadn't considered that. The um. <laughs> don't. I don't do need- I don't do needles. That's so not my.
1: Uh, We've already established that. You don't have to.
3: But but it, but in all seriousness, no, I, I do think that it having those conversations, having a space to just talk and process things, unquestionably helps manage you know, just a normal life as opposed to, like, falling into these kind of deep vices and craziness. Yeah. You know not what? That, not that I have not had some nights here in Wonderland Ballroom that end at 2 or 3 a.m., right? Oh, We I can mean, plug I, that. That's a fine plug. A can, plug. can I plug Wonderland Ballroom? All right. You know, I think it's great that things are bad right now,
0: clearly. I think it's awesome, though, that the healthcare system's gonna be fixed and we're all gonna get free mental health care. I think that's gonna be such a great thing that's number obviously... Number one of the list,
1: actually. Number.
0: <laughs> um, what do you think that... You, me, and Allison could do to make therapy something
3: that's less weird to people? Part of it, I think, is talking about it the way we have been already tonight, the way that that you do often. I mean, I think that's important. So, what you're saying is I'm a hero. Yes, cool. There should be a monument, I think.
0: Actually, you know, the sad part is I could just say I'm Heritage Not Hate, and I'll get a monument (laughs) 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 about 60 minutes away in Virginia. It's not that hard. If, if I I know this is super simple, but I do think that therapy would fix most every problem other than inherent racism, sexism, and homophobia. But other than that, I do think that therapy could help a lot of things. And I think that someone like you that has a giant platform and is writing these books, um, I think it's helpful that you're not opposed to that. And I think that your book is incredibly... Uh, important, and I think that in 2016, it was for the left to realize what was happening, and I think for the 2017 holiday buying season, which we're in right now, it's the feel-good book of the decade, and you could take it home to your Republican grandpa or grandmother, and they will love it. I'm trying to sell your book, man.
3: I appreciate it. We can work on some talking points afterwards and circle back. Uh. I know how to talk.
0: Listen, I went to Catholic school in the suburbs. I know how to talk to racist whites. Don't worry about it. I'm great at it. Here's a fun fact. I was a
3: caddy. You know what a caddy is? I do, I, I, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Allison, you know what a caddy is? You're pretty light for a caddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, was the,
0: that was really Welcome. great. That was the other potential name for the show. You're pretty light for a caddy. Um uh I this is a true thing. I didn't know I thought a mistress was a, like a legal term until like late in high school when I realized that oh these men are cheating on their wives because they complained about their mistresses the same way they complained about their wives so they would cheat on their mistress with their girlfriend Oh, my God. This is not a joke.
1: How this is rich were they?
0: Very rich. It was Oak Brook. It was um, Butler Country Club. The only black person that was allowed to golf there was Michael Jordan.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not joking.
1: You have to have a shoe by Nike to get in here. Yeah. Darkie.
0: Um, so... <laughs> I know... What I'm saying is I know how to talk to these people. It's the feel-good book of the decade. Um... They can kill us all. We're living it right now. Ferguson, Baltimore, and Every Future Major City by Wes Lowry. That's your future book. It is. Good luck. I appreciate you and what you do. Follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle?
3: Everything's at Wesley Lowry. First name, last name. Real easy. Um, here's the thing. If you're super broke because
0: you're listening to a podcast, it's perfectly fine. You <laughs> could get this book in the D.C. Public Library system. That's true. That's kind of cool.
3: Hey. I believe in our libraries. Very important. That's a controversial statement
0: in 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Wes Lowry. Everybody, Wes! You're so good.
1: He's great. He was great. He's a nice guy.
0: I feel bad for Camille because she's supposed to come up here and tell funnies after a a wonderful conversation about race and death. But I mean, that's what comedy is, folks. Am I right?
1: Palate cleanser.
0: So, I booked this show about a month ago, and I was incredibly grateful to have both Camille and Wes on the show before I realized it was time for playoff baseball and racial injustice. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage of a very funny woman. It's her first time on the show. Please give her a warm welcome. Please put your hands together for Camille Roberts, everybody. Camille!
2: How are you guys doing? Yeah? Are any of you wondering how I'm doing? No one? This is awkward. Are you wondering how I'm doing? Yeah! <laughs> too... How are you doing? Thanks, yeah. I'm doing okay. Uh, I complain a lot, but I feel like I'm doing just about as well as I should be expect to be doing in life right now. Like, do you guys know that superlative in high school that was most likely to succeed? Yeah, I got honorable mention. <laughs> Which pretty much describes this moment right here in its entirety. Yeah, now it's hard to be up right now, though, because I'm very broke. Is anyone here broke? Yeah, get some cheering. That's always a good, good outlook there. But yeah, I'm pretty broke. I uh, went to the Harris Theater the other day and I was buying groceries for two days. And the total came out to like $60. And then this thing came up on self checkout that said, "Is this amount okay?" And out of curiosity, I was just like, "No." <laughs> and then it canceled the transaction. I was like, "Then why'd you ask? You know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty broke it's it's like... In my financial state, it's like amazing to me that the new iPhone costs like $1,200. Did you guys know that? Like before I spend $1,200 on a phone, I would like them to improve some of the existing technology that's out there. Like air mattresses have been wrecking people's backs for like 40 years. (laughs) pretty sure they're responsible for like 80% of pre-existing conditions, yeah. And also this is my, my new thing I realized recently. How have they not improved the technology to close blinds? <laughs> you guys know what I mean? Why is it still so hard? Like it's over here, there's always like four strings. There's like 10 steps. It's like you just gotta pull it down, let it up. All right, one more time, just pull it, let it up. All right, but stop, too much, back to the top, back to the top, yeah. This sometimes works as a hand job joke. Sometimes it doesn't, which I don't find discouraging. It more just confirms my suspicions that I'm really bad at hand jobs. (laughs) Which is okay, because I'm gay. (laughs) I didn't need to say that, I just wanted to. (laughs) Anyways guys, uh, before we move further, I'm just gonna collect some demographic information. So go ahead and give me a show of hands if in the last two weeks you prepared yourself a nice meal, with the sole intention of consuming it in front of a Netflix TV episode. Show of hands. Two. She has like a half hand up. <laughs> Did you just cut yourself some fruit? It wasn't a nice meal. Okay, so that was, what was it? okay. So like about two and a half single people here tonight. Yeah. No, I'm single, guys. I think it makes sense that I'm single uh, because I'm kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy. I'm actually like a severe hypochondriac. And uh, like most hypochondriacs, I am self-diagnosed. So I end up spending a lot of time on physical and mental health forums just kind of like feeling it out and most recently I was on uh, psychology today where you can actually take quizzes so like the title of this quiz I took once was do you have bipolar disorder so I took the quiz it was only ten questions you know which felt short Um, but yeah, at the end it was like all right the results are in you probably have it <laughs> Would you like to share your results on Facebook? <laughs> this is real guys you can check it out but the my favorite part about that is there's actually three options when you do that Do you guys don't do you guys use Facebook in your household that you all live in together <laughs> Yeah but yeah, I use Facebook. Uh, Well, there's three options when you share something. So the first option is you can share that publicly, which is just like a dear friends, family, 800 other people who have accumulated here. I have a debilitating mental disorder. Here's a link to my GoFundMe account. And the second option is you can just share that information privately in a message to a friend. It's like, dear Karen, I got tested. (laughs) You should get tested too. But probably my favorite option is the last option. Like you actually have the ability to share this screening with only me. Which means that somewhere out there, people are privately sharing the results of their mental health screenings to their own timeline. And I'm like, why are they doing it, you know? But yeah, I like to think that if you just accumulate enough positive results that you share privately to your timeline, that eventually a dialogue box just comes up. It says, Facebook now endorses you to run for president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that joke was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. When I, uh, when I wrote it, um, but then earlier this year, I was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which I also thought was funny. <laughs> And it kind of confirmed my suspicion that God is like the only follower of my comedy career. <laughs> he was getting real sick and tired of that joke. He's like, this will make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what, are you shaking me off the stage? All right, okay. Well, I just, I just wanna say that we were, <laughs> We were talking about mental health and I just wanted to, everyone was talking about it so candidly, so if I may. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, cool, yeah. Well, I'll just close with this then, not, not a joke, but I do see, or I did see a therapist very regularly. Um, she decided to have a baby, which is her choice. It's a little selfish, that's okay. But I think therapy is like really good for everyone, and I try to like talk about mental illness and like my experience with mental illness as openly as possible, because I think that the more people that do that, the more easy it is to talk about where you're coming from, um, especially with medication, because I think that there's like a real taboo in society about going on medication, especially with creative types. It's like, oh no, you have to kind of embrace. Your insanity, well, that's, like, a little true, but also you can do that safely. And, um, yeah, so that's it. That's all I'll say. Okay, oh, I'm sitting down. Yes, yes please. please. please yes. up. Roberts.
1: Yeah.
0: You're very funny. Thank you for doing the show.
2: Of course. Am I uh, in the family now? Or? Yes.
0: Okay. Whoop, so whoop, family. So, I, did you go to the Juggalo March? No. You should have. It was great.
2: Okay. We, I
0: was there. We all should have gone because... That's on the right side of history.
2: It
1: is. I was just gonna add to the right side of history. She has bipolar disorder. I also have bipolar disorder. Hey. Yo.
0: It runs Too in dope. the dope. It runs in the family <laughs> <as well>.
2: so, <laughs> so it, It's great.
1: Do you go now or have you
0: have you clearly have gone in the past. Do you go now?
2: To uh, therapy a therapist. A therapist. Oh, um I do, yeah. Yeah, I do that. But I mean uh, like I think therapy is very important, but I think it's also like there's obviously um, a biological component of a of lot course. of illnesses. So it's, um, for me, I get more out of seeing my psychiatrist than seeing my therapist, but they're both valid.
0: How often do you see your psychiatrist? Every three weeks. Every three weeks. Are you on anything right now?
2: Yeah, um, I'm on a mood stabilizer.
0: Okay. Do you tell, can you tell a difference when you don't take the mood stabilizer?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Is it like
0: instant or is it like a few days later?
2: Uh, So like it's interesting because you kind of like titrate up on these things. So I'm more, I'm actually new to this medication. So I think I've just noticed over the last like month or so just the improvements in my life. That's wonderful. But I've never like tried to go off of it since then. So I'm not sure. but yeah.
0: Do you have any hesitancy about talking about any of this stuff?
2: I guess not. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? 22. You're 22? I know. I look kind of old. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just better. No. Oh, I was a prom queen. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Were you on mood stabilizers when you were a prom queen?
2: I wasn't. They do you think you would have won
0: prom queen if you were on mood stabilizers?
2: Yeah. I think I would have won homecoming queen too.
0: So do Ooh. you feel like you missed out on a ch- chance to win homecoming queen?
2: Yeah, I do feel that. But they're always, they always end up like horrible people, so I think.
0: How dare you make fun of friend of the show, <laughs> Megan Gailey, homecoming queen. Now, I'm sorry. Uh, how long are you doing stand-up?
2: Uh, like six months. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty new. You're way better than most six-monthers. Thank you.
0: Cool. <laughs> are your parents okay with this?
2: With... um. The
0: stand-up the and the mood stabilizers.
2: Mm. Um, probably, yeah.
0: Are you close to them?
2: Yeah, I am. They're, good. They're good with it. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Where are you really from? Nice. Uh, Pennsylvania. Where? Allentown.
0: Do you hate Billy Joel?
1: <sighs> How, what is that? It's the
2: only thing that ever comes up. I just want to put this out there to everyone, whoever listens to this, but Billy Joel wrote that song about Bethlehem, mm-hmm. which is the town over from Allentown.
0: That's yep, it. but it's not called Bethlehem.
2: Yeah, it's called Allentown. Can you sing it for us? I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Allison, all <laughs> lives matter. Um, Camille, you're very funny. Thank you for doing the show, ladies and gentlemen. Please thanks, put your hands in Camille Roberts, everybody. Camille! Thank you, honestly.
1: No, she's dope. She
0: seems very happy to be here. I'm glad she was here. Yeah. I enjoyed her time very much. She was, she was great. Coming to the stage is, uh, is a man that I call a friend. Uh... Are you yawning before the Haywood <laughs> segment? You always say this is your favorite segment, and you're literally yawning.
1: I'm so excited.
0: You are. Uh, <laughs> this woman is a liar. All women are liars. That's also Wes's future book. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, please put your hands together for color commentary. Haywood Turnip C. Jr., everybody. <laughs> Heywood, how are you?
4: I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm medium. Go Cubs. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Gotta make the white man happy. Oh,
0: my God. He's, uh, yeah, you're honoring our country by saying those true
4: things. Not only am I honoring the country, what I am the making the white man happy. Let's be honest. They want Cubs. They love me. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how. That white girl was upset. How do I follow that shit? You're great. That was a, a beautiful white woman with problems. I don't know where they make them at. Okay, so <laughs> Haywood's... Allentown, apparently. Heyo. Heywood
0: Haywood is currently wearing a shirt that says what?
4: Happiness is free.
0: Now, my mom might be your biggest fan. I love her. She hates the idea of happiness being free. She says happiness is money.
4: <laughs> I love her. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's right. Happiness is free, but drugs cost money. Am I right? Am I right? hey oh, mental health. Have you ever seen a therapist? Of course I have. I'm a black man in America. I better see a therapist. What the fuck wrong with you? I have PTSD. Post-traumatic slave disorder. Wacka, wacka, wacka.
0: I would also like to point out that <laughs> Haywood was... That was <laughs> too
4: much. That was too much. <laughs>
1: black jokes.
4: Hey. 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 Post-traumatic slave disorder. I think
0: it's inappropriate to not include everyone on the show anymore, so <laughs> let's calm down. Let's All see. lives matter. No, I, 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 see a therapist it's, now. I said it's heritage, not hate. <laughs> Isn't
4: I'm, that good enough for you people? <laughs> okay. No, I'm I'm a city therapist now.
0: Um, are you really? Yeah. How often do you go?
4: When I need to. Do you think it makes? We actually FaceTime. We have that kind of relationship. Do you think it? He's makes, like I can do this remote.
0: Do you think it makes you a better father?
4: <laughs> Does it make me a better father? Yeah. It makes me better. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It makes me a better human. So. Do
0: you think it, anyone else in your family, older generations, would be willing to see a therapist?
4: I'll tell you a little story, Brandon. I would love to hear the story. Uh, I first initially went to my first therapist when I was 13 years old. I was going through some problems. Uh, my mom didn't know how to deal with me, so she was like, hey, you need to see someone. Mm-hmm. And then I was seeing a therapist, and it was going pretty well. And then I did something else in school, and she gave me an ass whooping. It was like, niggas don't need therapy. They need ass whoopings. After that, I was like, Damn. fuck therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but truth be, true be told, I did too much. So I said that to say, therapy is cool if you utilize it. Sure. If you just use it as an excuse, then it's nothing but just paying money to someone and it's a waste of your time. And it's good money. I, I wanted to be a, psycholo- a psychiatrist. I was really? going to school for psychiatry. I didn't know that. I will tell you this, and please don't let this get out a l- past the podcast, mm. because like, it will fuck, fuck with my street cred. Mm. But I started studying psychology, and I was also studying science and technology, so I started studying quantum psychology. Then I got high and was like, That's it. <laughs> Like, quantum psychologists is trying to figure out where your place is, and not just on the world, on planet Earth, but in the universe, in the grand scheme of things that they call life.
0: Isn't that the answer, nothing? And everything. No, I'm just going with nothing. <laughs> um, okay, so... No, it was a uh, really good study. And I it's, believe it's, it's, you. it's
4: a minor field, especially there's not many black people in it, and they say, quantum what? That's a car. <laughs> All right, you guys don't like Infinities. Okay, hey-o. I think that was more of an age joke than anything else. No, Q45. These people don't drive cars. They live in the city where they don't have to drive cars. I don't drive a car. I know. Right, man. I still like vehicles and Jordans. How else am I going to get into the Hall of Fame? (laughs) I'm piggybacking on what Wes said. I understand. I understand. Um, But then things like Ferguson make sense. So we start studying like reality and really realizing what's really going on. You start certain things like Ferguson, like uh, 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 Baltimore. uh, They actually make sense of why these things are reoccurring. Of course, you know it's like people don't understand that revolution is not a change of things; it's the same thing coming back around again.
0: Well, yes, but do you really think that people don't understand, or do you think they hide behind ignorance?
4: (laughs) Haha, good question. I it, know I'm so ignorant, good at this. But to be ignorant would mean it, to ignore the facts. And a lot of people ignore the facts. Like racism is this thing. And a buddy, I, we had a real discussion. And he said, people, don't want it, people who don't have to deal with it don't want to deal with it on a regular basis. They just want to watch their football games on Sunday. They don't want to be reminded that some of these people aren't treated the same. They just want to enjoy themselves. And I get that. I really do. You have to take a step back in order to get that. That being said, for some of us, there's no way to not have to deal with that.
0: Have you? Th- no, I'm not sure. Um, you coach yes. football. Six-year-olds. Have, you, have
4: the six-year-olds taken a knee? Of course. I make them take a knee every no, game. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't play the National Anthem. We're not, we're not, okay. We're not obligated. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> we're USA football. We're not NFL affiliated. Have
0: you ever said the phrase, a helmet is not a knee? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah.
4: I have th- said the phrase, don't sit on those helmets. They cost money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> When you're <laughs> <laughs> Pop Warner high school ball, you're, some people sit on their helmet or, like, they lean on their helmet so they don't actually have to take a knee. So yeah. a lot of coaches will say a helmet is not a knee. They don't, want you to
4: take a knee. Don't sit on those helmets. Get your ass on that knee. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, for me, we're teaching these kids. I mean, I'm, I'm teaching six-year-old kids. So people who think about, like, CTE and concussions and the violence of football, the way we're teaching these six-year-old kids is actually, like I was taught, I was taught the proper way to tackle. Not to hit someone, to tackle someone, okay. to wrap someone up. Hold on. So you're going to get hurt, but the odds of you getting concussed, especially these kids who are not hitting hard enough to concuss anyone? Whole question about sports, at worst then, they get cussed out.
1: Is this like learning how to tackle different you said tackling is different from hitting? Yes. Okay. So how is that like how does that compare to like rugby?
4: Very much so. Rugby they, they
1: tackle or do they hit?
4: They a little bit t- of both.
1: Do they have the same CTE issues as like football?
0: Not to
4: my knowledge. Not, they, well, they haven't studied those guys. That's the case. They haven't studied those guys. But they don't actually they, bang heads. Like, but they yeah. do get hurt. They get hurt. They do get hurt. It's, Soccer players get hurt. Like you were saying, baseball players get hurt. Baseball yeah. players get hit in the face. This is why they made those it's face masks. It's so rare, though. Not, uh, not no, it's rare it's, as you would think. Nuh-uh. I is. actually know a dude that got his fucking eye socket blown out because he got hit in the eye. Was That's it true.
1: Kirby Puckett? Because he's dead. <laughs> yeah.
4: Thank it you was. for listening to the monologue. Thank you.
1: Thank you. He's dead. It was. He is
4: dead. But it's sports. All sports are contact. Golf. Contact. But fucking golfers get their backs thrown out. They oh, get yeah. knee problems. They get elbow problems. They get all kind of things. If you're doing anything where you have to utilize, even yogis get hurt. Mm. So you can overstretch. You can do too much. The thing is, doing Yeah, overstretching is the same. Oh, I'm so zen. Is an offensive lineman. Have in the you NFL. ever pulled a muscle? Yeah. Does it hurt? Yeah. Do you try to go do yoga after you pull a muscle? Yeah. Hold oh, no, on, wait. Young white ladies, after you pull, if you pull a muscle. <laughs> I, they, I know they know yoga. And <laughs> And then you do yoga afterwards. Does it not hurt? I don't do yoga afterwards. You don't do yoga at all? No, I mean, really. After you mean Thank you. Thank you, sister. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yoga injuries are the same as CTE football. Ballerinas are serious. All right. Have you seen a ballerina's toes? Yeah, they fucked yeah, up. I mean, <laughs> Have you seen, what's the movie, Black Swan? And it to- wasn't about a black swan. That was a bullshit movie. I thought it was about chicken. Oh, yeah, this... <laughs> This is a segment called Color Commentary. <laughs> Wacker, wacka, wacka, wacka. Where, hey, wha- where is the black swan? I was like, they, they, are, they are not treating this swan like a nigger, <laughs> And then they did. That was <laughs> I was a, like, ooh-wee, Natalie Portman. Get yours, girl. That was the tagline <laughs> of the movie. I can't say it out loud. No, you better not say it out loud. Or write it. No, not ever. No. No. Mm-hmm. Sports, man. I love sports. Sports is a great analogy. Sports is the best reality show on earth. Yes. It really is. Here's the best sports in a row. Number
0: one... NBA. Number two, RuPaul's Drag Race. Number three, <laughs> Major League Baseball. Number Braves four, Braves NHL Braves Hockey. Hockey. Number five, MasterChef Junior. Okay.
4: Oh, what about British? the British cook-off? Fuck that show. You don't like that? No, the Great British Bake-Off. They're Bake not off? Even doing it for money. That's
0: just that's, that's why it's <laughs> not sports. Yes, it is. It's not sports. It's competition. Fuck that. You can't be called. <laughs> look, look how serious we are right this now. This is oh, the man. most wow. I've ever disagreed with you. The that's Great so. British Bake-Off is not sports. You can't just do it to do it because it's fun. You have to have a goddamn trophy and a risk of injury and a risk of they mental They do building. risk injury. Bullshit! They risk burning Fuck you!
4: Themselves. You are wrong! This motherfucker, Stop man. It. Hot toddy. I have never disagreed with you more than your theory that I'll tell you what you are going to do. You're get your finger on my face. Y'all motherfuckers <laughs> talking about sports. cakes? This is sports. The beautiful part is this is how serious sports are. I will are. agree that debating about the Great British Bake Off <laughs> is sports, but the Great British Bake Off... How about is debating? Is- That's a great sport. That's is a great
1: this sport. Sh- this shows about cakes?
4: Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not just cakes, girl. This is not about cakes. This is about life.
1: No, it's not.
4: All sports matter. All sports matter. Stop. Thank you, Chris Kelly. Stop taking my lines, Heywood. I love that man. Okay, so. He, he wrote the better part of the book. Oh, yeah, that's a good plug. We got the book for sale. It's a good plug. I read all his chapters.
0: Heywood, <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? We uh, <laughs> Besides the Great British Bake Off, the most racially insensitive show on all of oh television. Oh my god! But they had a
1: black
4: man on that. Man, one. They did not let him make chicken. I was like, why is this nigga not making chicken? Why is he making crumpets?
1: I thought this was about. And why did not
4: fry crumpets? Hey, what it. are we talking about tonight? So tonight, among other things, we are talking about color commentary. So tonight we're. Com- and I figured, really, I was looking at it earlier today, and I was like, not just earlier today, earlier this week, because I always wanted to know, like, wait, what was she talking about? It was like, so many things. I wanted to talk about the Emmys, and like how fucking Colbert did his thing. I wanted to talk about Colbert and Taha Ta- 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 Coates, <laughs> how they j- fucking stole this bit and put it on fucking TV. Them fucking thieves. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. White men and the black men have a serious conversation about race late night? Me and Brandon do that every fucking first Friday. Fucking ton competition. Fuck them and they got them thieving asses. <laughs> fucking Colbert listens to you, man. He listens to you. It's Tony nigga. I didn't like the Black Panther that much. <laughs> okay, number one, you're lying because that's your current Facebook background. It is the, the
0: movie, not his book version. Touche, touche. Number two, friend of the show, Daniel Kibblesmith is one of Colbert's writers.
4: I know. I, saw, I was like, they got our fucking bits. They, they could have had us write something. That was all about hope and hopelessness. Anyway. Yeah, we got the corner on hopelessness. <laughs> oh, like she said, you meet him and nobody. <laughs> Were you really a prom queen? <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, she's like I'm a prom queen, but fuck that life. <laughs> I want to tell jokes in a monotone be. style. I like you, Guru. <laughs> I like you. I love Gangsta. Hey. <laughs> I love monotone style. I think that was brilliant. Look up Catherine Jessup, watch her, and you will go further. I said that to say I love Catherine. What I'm saying is. No plugs. Yes, we are. We plug everything. Butt plugs, all kind of plugs.
0: You're sex positive, and that's why I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I say that to say. We could talk about so many different things, but lately it seems like we we, can, we should rebrand it. Of course, your show is you meet them everybody, yes, but sir. then this segment could be what Do forty-five do wrong this month.
0: And I like <laughs> to call it what do forty-five do right this month. And it's the same, which is
4: brilliant because that's what I want to talk about. We we could talk about the mass shootings. We could talk about his insensitivity, but we know this already. This is like this happened along the way. He said and done so many things that. I have been taken aback for. I was not surprised when he went to Puerto Rico and started shooting jumpers with fucking <laughs> paper towels. It was like, you get a paper towel. You get a paper towel. Everybody gets a paper towel. They get out there and clean that shit up. I was like, what the fuck, Trump? Like, that, then he sat there and was like, hey, yo, we didn't do as bad as Katrina. Nigga. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> I say that to say, everybody can make mistakes. But this brother actually (laughs) inspires people. He inspired people to vote for him. He inspired people to see past the wicked dumb shit and vote for him and put him in office. And to be honest, in his first few months, even though that was on the tail of 44 Obamas, there were uh, 200% job increases, uh, like $200 million is going to education. He donated his salary to education because he wanted to show that, hey, education is important to him. So he's done some things, even though he let that lady Davos sit there as the secretary of education. He's like, "This is what you're gonna do with it." I didn't say he called her a bitch, but he did. <laughs> to say, he still inspires people in spite of his own mistakes. And I'm like, I want to be like that. I, I don't mind making mistakes. I would love to be able to make mistakes in public and people be like, "He all right." Like Tupac had a one statement that I really love. This is one thing that endeared me to Tupac. He used to be like, he was like, "Man, I want to get older." And he was talking to the uh, young white lady who used to host MTV, uh, Tabitha Soren. He was like, hey, I want people to be like, remember when Tupac was real bad? Remember that? And then he'd be like, years later, and be this activist and shit. He didn't make it to that. Donald Trump did. He's president. And 45 years from now, all people are going to remember is that he's president. So you're saying Donald Trump is Tupac realized? No. <laughs> I'm saying he is... Tupac's bad perception personified, because people can look past people's mistakes and and say, you know what, I'm gonna vote for you in spite of yourself. I'm gonna ride with you in spite of yourself. I'm gonna hire you in spite of the bullshit that you're doing and allowing. This being said, I have 15 inspirational quotes that were spoken by Donald J. Trump. Okay. Number one, think big. You have to think anyway, so why not think big? (laughs) That's true. Nigga, that's poetry. (laughs) Fight back. When somebody challenges you, fight back. Be brutal. Be tough. Fight back. That's North Korea right now. Winning. This is Donald Trump on winning. What separates the winners from the losers is how each person reacts to each new twist of fate. That makes me feel warm inside.
0: Twist of fate is a hearty brother. Because Hillary
4: is now doing stand-up fucking comedy at the Warner Theater and selling books, like just like Dave Chappelle. $235 a ticket, I see the gimmick. Are you mad that she's selling books? <laughs> no, I'm mad that she actually fucking had an event on a Tuesday when I have a show, and every, that bitch sold out. I was like, all I gotta do is lose an election to sell out a fucking show? Yes, that is. I've been trying to get you to run for years. Well, I'm running, motherfucker. And this is making me. Learn from the past. I try to learn from the past, but I plan for the future by focusing exclusively on the present. That's where the fun is. That means nothing. Yoda. (laughs) He's a fucking Yoda. I focus exclusively on the present. That
0: doesn't mean anything.
4: He doesn't mean anything, but he's inspiring people. Money. Money was never a big motivation for me, except as a way to keep score. The real excitement is playing the game and then getting the money.
0: That's Triple H's nickname.
4: <laughs> Investment. Now, pay attention to this white man. You need this. Sometimes. <laughs> the name of your podcast? <laughs> pay attention to this white man. You need this. Perhaps. Perhaps. Actually, it's going to be, it's going to be I got another name. Sometimes your best investments are the ones you don't make.
1: Oh, shut the fuck up. Are you serious? I'm dead
4: serious. (laughs) I'm dead serious. So is he. Passion. Without passion, you don't have energy. Without energy, you have nothing. Speak, Donald. Speak. Accomplishing. In the end, you're measured... Not by how much you undertake, but by what you finally accomplish. The Undertaker went twenty-one and two at WrestleMania. Say what you want to say, Mr. President Donald Trump said that shit. You mean WWE Hall of Famer? Donald Trump said that. That's right. In the end, you're measured not by how much you undertake, but by what you finally accomplish. Twenty-one and two. This Brock motherf- Lesnar and the- Roman Reigns. Who did he choke slam?
0: With Donald Trump. Did he
4: chokeslam Vince McMahon. Vince no, McMahon? he
0: fucking it didn't choke slam anyone. He clotheslined Vince McMahon. He
4: choke slammed. No, him. he Let couldn't me tell lift he anybody up. Tell, oh it's God, a joke behind this, white You don't know
0: about politics,
4: he Haywood. It's he not go. a choke slam. I'm telling you, who he chokeslammed. He choke slammed the United States people when he got in the office. He DDT. would He choke slammed the media. You, you lying motherfuckers. You fucking amateur. He DDT'd everybody. No, he, d- he DDT'd Ivanka.
0: That's actually true, actually. Yes. That's, I'm not going to disagree. That's what happened.
4: Here's Donald Trump on losers. I don't like losers. <laughs> that's pretty... Pretty under- accurate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Accurate. I don't either. Pretty accurate. Neither does the Quran. <laughs> Underestimation. It's always good to be underestimated, which you did when you went to that Republican National Convention that's and right. thought, this is not possible. That's right. Now we got a country full of them motherfuckers, and they can't go away. On soldiers... We've had soldiers that were so badly hurt and killed, I want their families to get something. <laughs> hey, hey, a- hey, hey. I agree. Me too. Yeah. Happy Veterans Day. <laughs> On the presidency, we need a president with tremendous intelligence, smarts, cunning, strength, and stamina. Sounds Is like the- Bobby the Brain Heenan. Nigga, this sounds like some shit you see all oh, goddamn! damn. Uh, what's that, Dayton website? Tinder? Tinder? I want a man with tremendous intelligence, (laughs) smarts, cunning, strength, and stamina. Donald J. Trump, finger guns. Right under there, you got a picture of him going finger guns. Thank you, successstory.com. I appreciate all of this. Donald Trump on life. I am very, very proud to say that I am pro-life.
1: Oh my God.
4: (laughs) On losing. This is our final quote. Sometimes, by losing the battle, you find a new way to win the war. Or, as Jay-Z said, I will not lose.
1: Okay, honestly, in conclusion, I also like amphetamines, so like.
4: (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. A great leader can change the minds of millions. We wish him huge success. May he bring good changes, Benefiting the entire society, unless you live in Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, (laughs) Washington, D.C., Ohio, unless you're female, black, Hispanic, gay, straight who has gay friends.
0: Come on, that one too?
4: Physically challenged, Mm -hmm. or if you have, and these are his words, a pussy.
0: Well, I'm almost there. I can get rid of some friends. Wes, before you leave, Camille, (laughs) come up here. Um, I have gifts for everyone. We used to give gifts out at every show.
4: So I have. That's a young black man who knows what he's talking about. I like you, brother. Keep fighting a good fight. Stop. What I'm saying is stop now, nigga. Stop (laughs) on your head. I have. Don't write no more books. The next book you should write should be Black on Black Crime, and it should be called Crime at the Highest Levels. It should be all about the rich fighting the rich. So
0: I have some Michael
4: Jordan plaques for everyone. I got, I got Michael Jordan sneakers. Would
0: you like Would you like to pick the first one, Haywood? Because you've been on the show the longest. These are Space Jam. These are Space Jam cards and Michael Jordan plaques. So there you go. <laughs> so this is for Wes and Camille. You someone picks one. I don't. I. You could you pick whatever one you want. It's whatever. There you go. Thank you. There you go. So we gave away some. Hey, s- hit
4: us up, Solis Tavern. You should come by Solis Tavern. S- some there. Space
0: Jam Michael Jordan plaques that I just found this
4: week while well, moving out. So <laughs> Look at you. You're a regular Donald Trump. You have just inspired me. Go Cubs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I am so. Glad- I feel good. Do you feel
4: good, everybody? Ladies, do you get feel up. good? Let- Ladies. G- ladies and gentlemen, do you feel good? You get a paper towel. You get a paper towel. You get a paper towel. Have Everybody paper gets a now. bounty on your heads.
0: <laughs> I just want to let you know that I'm incredibly grateful that you still are willing to do this show every month. It makes me happy. It makes me
4: happy to make your mom happy. I'm- In more ways than one. Wacka wacka wacka. I don't care. Yeah, go Happiness for it. Happiness
0: is free. Yeah, I disagree, but I get it. Um, Allison, I'm incredibly grateful you do this show. I'm glad I know both of you. And um, I you, sir. Allison, any plugs?
1: Uh, nah, dude. Not a one. <laughs> I said, nah, dude. We're just living. <laughs> Enjoy your October. Uh, well, where will you be walking later tunnel? so we can see? Um, you can <laughs> find me in the streets. Specifically, U Street. Um, if you ask me three times if you can eat my ass, I might let
4: you. Hey. Hey,
0: <laughs> would follow that up.
4: As <laughs> Long as you have a lightning bug in there, so I can watch it glow. <laughs> what?
0: That's a very specific. <laughs> that's a very specific kink that I don't think a lot of people. Is there a term for that? It's
4: called glow farts. <laughs> <laughs> Shine on, baby, shine on. All I, I got to say,
0: Heywood, is feel the glow. <laughs> That's Cause Naomi's catchphrase. Because you got... Th- Cause you got th- oh. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it.
4: Uh, I personally, every Monday night, of course, I'm at Madam Zorgan. Camille, you should come by Madam organ and hang out. We tell jokes, and we would love to have you do so. Also, every first, second, and third Tuesday, I'm at Solid Tavern. Every fourth Tuesday, we are at Fireflies now, bringing our jokes to the good people of Virginia. Woo! Minus the tiki torches. No, Minus we,
0: the Tiki Chorges. We don't want tiki Why tortillas. would I
4: go out there then? <laughs> Sorry. Just You're right. I don't like going on Jefferson Davis Highway myself. <laughs> I know who he was. Also, October 11th, we have another show at the D.C. Draft House. Uh, Tiger of the Collins will be performing at the D.C. Draft House. Uh, raising money for Puerto Rico, just like uh, Donald Trump and Fat Joe. Bring all the paper towels you can have. And our- here's, to-
0: here's one something I want to mention. Yes. Um, there's so many benefit shows run by comics who could barely pay rent.
4: But they got good hearts.
0: No, exactly. That's, that's what I mean. It's, just, it's a wonderful thing that I think is easily overlooked because it seems to be like most shows are bad. I didn't say shows. it
4: was a benefit show. I said we're having a show for the people of Puerto Rico, whether or not they can make it. <laughs> <laughs> I have You're no not- idea. <laughs>